You're listening to the Winged Octopus Podcast, brought to you by Howie's Hockey Tape. Here are your co-hosts, Tess, Tanner, and Tyler. What's up and welcome to another episode of Winged Octopus. This is Tyler here alongside Tanner and Tess. Greg is behind the scenes. Tess, how are you doing tonight? I'm mighty fine and dandy in my Red Wings blanket. Woohoo, blanket world. Ready for this show. <laughs> and Tanner, how are you doing tonight in one of the Carolinas? I forget which one it is. No, I'm but... in Tennessee now. We're, we're, just, we're just jumping streets here. Oh, boy. <laughs> so the South... It's good, man. It's and you got to move back to Michigan at some point. Uh, no, I need to come back to Michigan. Need, need to need to get back up that way. <laughs> I don't miss the weather, though. So, you know, we, we've had some good times. We've had some bad times. Hockey season is here. The Red Wings are doing one. Uh, you know, things have, you know, we've seen the good, bad, and somewhat of the ugly. Not too much yet. Um, opening of LCA, that's where we're going to start. Because I was actually here on Thursday night. Um, with my dad, we had a great time. Um, the team actually performed, you know, they, they probably got a little lucky with some of the, uh, disallowed goals. I don't think there was much of a goalie interference, uh, in that first period, but you know, what? we'll take it. Um, and the boys ended up, uh, coming out after they kind of got dominated in the first period and ended up playing really good, uh, in the second and third period. Um, my thoughts on LCA just really quick, and I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. It was loud. It was, um, it was full for the most part. The only thing is like people, you, you saw the articles coming out the day after why were there empty seats? There wasn't empty seats. So there was empty seats obviously, but the reason being is because people were checking things out and you know, in the Joe, you could walk around probably two times before the period was about to start in this arena. It's kind of congested. There's a lot of people in there and you know, more, people in general now because you know everyone wants to check it out so people are walking around and by the time you get the first lap done you're like oh crap it's time to watch the game again and i feel like a lot of people were just looking around and, and you know checking it out and plus there's restaurants you can actually go in during the game and like mingle with people that aren't even at the game so it's pretty cool but i feel like they're going to be putting a stop to that pretty soon um Thoughts in the arena? It's incredible. Uh, you, you, if you haven't been there yet, you got to get there at some point. It's it really is something else. Um, you know, you walk in, and you look around. It's like this is brand new, but it kind of feels like you know there's a little character to it, which is which is a good thing. I just want to get your guys' thoughts about the first like the first couple games. Tess, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on the first couple games here. Um, I watched the home opener from my couch. I was like in my zone. I'm like, I told my friends, do not text me until tomorrow morning because I'm in the zone. <laughs> my mom came home and we watched it together. I thought they looked good. I was surprised that the disallowed goals went our way because it's the wings. Even though they were legit calls, they never go our way because I think we just how it is. But the reason they did go our way is because Bettman was there and he's an ass kisser. <laughs> so I was all for the goals going our way. Thank you, Bettman, for being at the game because it was good. Um, Martin Burke, love him. Manta scored. Larkin scored, I believe, as well. And then Mike Green had one hell of a game. Four assists. Um, I was impressed. I didn't see much of the Ottawa game because it was that wonderful Michigan-Michigan State game, but we won't talk about that game. Uh, I know that we won in a shootout because Jimmy Howard is our Lord and Savior. And then last absolutely. <laughs> Then last night's game, I had a feeling we were going to lose because you can't keep that magic 
for too long and plus Morazic started and I was like, oh Jesus, here we go. I don't know what it is over the last like five or six years with the Red Wings. For some reason, they can't win more than like two games in a row before they, you know, they lose two games in a row. It's so frustrating. It really is. It's ridiculous. Tess, I want to get your follow-up thoughts. Like, what do you think of the empty seats? Do you think it's going to be a problem or do you think it's just people checking things out early on? I was laughing at the comments. Everyone's like, oh, LCA, you paid all this money and no one's in their seats. And I think like everyone was like excited about the new arena because I only saw the Concord back for the 5k but there's so much to see and none of that stuff was like up and running the restaurants weren't open yet the like boards the video boards all across weren't open and functioning and there's so much to do so people were just like excited it's like a shiny new toy or like a toddler um and then i did hear that a lot of like the lower bowl seats are corporate seats like it's annoying because these corporate people stay for a period or two then they leave so that's like a little bit annoying so i guess we'll just have to wait and see the next homestand how it is but i think it's just it was the first game a lot of excitement. Everyone wanted to see the arena because everyone kept saying that the first game that was when like all of the um, bells and whistles were going to be unveiled. So I think everyone was just really excited and it was fine because they were all in their seats for the third period when we won. So I really yeah, don't care. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. And, and, like, you know, I laugh at people. Like, I have a friend that's a Flyers fan that sent me a text. He's like, oh, you know, you guys built the new arena and it's empty. Like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, dude, you, I'm here right now. And you, like, wouldn't believe the amount of stuff that there is to see in this building and you know you walk around once and you're like oh shit the period's about to start but then you know you're looking around and you're like oh no i just want to check this out like i can i can watch a game anytime at home you know i i can't see this all the time so you know i feel like there's a little bit of that and i also feel like there's they're gonna have to close the restaurants during the game i think i think that if they're they want people to start staying in their seats i think they're gonna have to close the restaurant during the game because otherwise you can watch the game on the screen and you can have great food and you can drink beers with people that don't even have tickets to the game. So like, what, what's the point? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I think that they're going to have to either close the restaurants or like only open them in between periods. And then when you're, when, you know, you're, you're done, you have to go back in. I think there's something, something like that's going to have to happen. Otherwise you're going to see empty seats all over the place because the kid rocks cool. They have this like sports bar. That's cool. They got this pizza joint. That's, that's really good. It's called Mike's pizza. It's really good. Um, you know, they, they have all kinds of stuff there. So if they don't do something, it's going to be empty because that's just what happens. Um, when you got something new, unless, you know, they wait some years or whatever, but that's just my take on it. Do you guys have any other takes on it? Tanner, what are your thoughts on the first few games and also some of the empty seats at LCA? Uh, I'll start with the empty seat situation. I will, I will say this. It looks so bad on TV. That's why you have fans from other teams texting you. It looks so bad. While I do think that it's an early season thing, kind of get it out of the way, people get used to it, get back in your seats. Y'all had the whole preseason to check out the stadium. (laughs) Y'all had the whole preseason and an opening before the preseason. So, and and it's not like a couple people were out of their seats. It was like half the crowd. Yeah. And it was at least half. So, so do you think that that's, and, and, and I'm being and I'm being bitter. I get it. What whatever. It, it's not a huge deal at the end of the day. I'm sure I'm sure fans will get acclimated after they've seen it for a few times. But man, y- y'all had y'all had opportunities to check this place out. And I'm not saying you can't go check it out between periods. That's that's obviously not what I'm saying. It just it looks so bad from that standpoint when a period starts, especially when those players are coming back out onto the ice. Yeah. Being in the locker room and 
just kind of. <clears throat> Well, I, I will say one thing, real, just really quick, and I don't want to cut you off or anything. But in Toronto, they they only have like for the lower bowl, they only have like one little thing where like they have like concourses or whatever, and I guess they're jammed. And like if you ever watch a Leafs game, um, the first like five minutes of the period, it's like empty the lower bowl because everyone's getting food. So I mean that's just the way it goes. But as long as people make their way back to the seats like during the game, I have no problem with it. I know that some of the space thing was, was their big deal in moving that. It was nice to have a lot more space. And just kind of moving on for, for my recap for the first uh, three games, it's small sample size, but I think we pretty much saw what we're going to expect for most of the season. Some flashes from some of the young guys. It was great to see Larkin and Mantha, kind of the future of the team, getting first first goals in, uh, in the new arena. Um, you know, the defense has not been good. Uh, Howard has been great. And I said multiple times over the summer, they need some consistency and goal. Um, I, I, I got not burning, trying to burn Howard um, by not playing him the other day. Although I didn't agree with playing Mrazic. Um but, but I got the other side of the spectrum that, Hey, get Mrazic some playing time early on if he needs to step in and, and not to burn out um, Jimmy Howard. But um, all in all, you know, they started last season six and two. So, it's too early to tell, but I think we pretty much saw kind of what we expected. Yeah. Um, I just want to get your thoughts also on the FML line. If anyone's not aware, the FML line is Ferk, Mantha and Larkin. Um, and they've been dinking around with that line a little bit. I just want to get your thoughts about that. Do you think it should stay together? Do you think they should put your best friend Abdulkader on that line? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love the FML line. Like things were great the first two games, and then Blash starts messing with the line lines uh, all yesterday, and he switched it up throughout the whole game. And I was all, if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I hate when he does that. And but I love the addition of Marty Firth. The guy isn't afraid to shoot. He was kind of like Tamu Polkinen when he first came up. Uh, Polkinen had a lethal right shot. Was not afraid to shoot. I think Ferk's a little bit of a better skater. I think he's got to find a way to get his legs. Yeah. He's got to find a way to get his legs under him. I think he's a little wild at times. Um, And then I guess my biggest problem or or with the lines and and with Blashill, I I kept mentioning it last night. Every time they would go on a power play, their first power play line had all lefties. They did not have anybody set up on the point that was a right-handed shot or on a wing with a right-handed shot. Then your second power play unit comes out and you have Mike Green and you have Ferk on that same line. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. You got to mix it up. You got to be able to slide the puck over and have that one-time option on both sides. Have Zetterberg on the right circle, mm-hmm. have Ferk on the left circle, something, something like that. Um, those were the only kind of was unhappy with, with Blashill's choices on those power play lines and then mixing up lines yesterday. I agree 100% with you. I'm just going to throw my take out there on the first two games, or first three games, excuse me. Um, first game, you know, obviously there's a lot of adrenaline and, and or a, a lot of adrenaline and, uh, you know, that you would expect them to come out hard. They really didn't. The first period was really tough. They couldn't get the puck out of their zone. And the second and third, like I said, were really good. You know, they, they played their ass off and, the, you know, they got rewarded with some power plays and, you know, they ended up scoring on it. Um, Second game, I didn't see a whole lot of. I was actually in the air, and I was watching the Michigan-Michigan State game. When I got home, I did my due diligence, and I looked at the stats, and I also watched the condensed game. So I did see a lot of the game. I did see the, 
you know, the um, the goal by Ferk that gives them the lead. And then I did see it away by Erickson. Um, of course. Ugh. Of course, right? Ugh. And I tweeted, I tweeted, I said something ugh. like, of course Erickson's the guy to give the puck away with a minute and a half left for for the sense to tie the game up. He gives and the then, hashtag pack your shit a whole new meaning. Like, literally, Erickson, <laughs> pack your shit. I will does, help Is you. it me or does he, he look worse over. this year? I think he looks worse this year. He gets worse every year, and he's still Oh, here. my God, it's pathetic. How? It really is. It's, it's pathetic. Do, do, do we want to piss off listeners and have Greg come in and tell us how much money he's making? Yes, yeah, Greg. Go ahead, please come go ahead Greg, off. please. How, how much money is Jonathan Erickson? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You want the, the Erickson turnovers for these? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, although they are probably in the same number as what he's making a year. We want we want the dollar dollar number that he is making. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so uh, Erickson, until... Uh, the year, the season of 2019-2020 oh, is making $4.25 million per year. <laughs> and uh, this is the last season so that he has a full no-trade clause. He has oh, a, thank a, a God. Modified. Yeah, yeah, because anybody... Oh, yeah, so it goes from the full to the modified. That makes it a lot better. <laughs> Nobody's going to take him or that contract. So. God bless America. So, yeah. Um, my thoughts on the first three games is like, you know, don't go over the top and think this team's going to be a great team and don't go, you know, under and, and, you know, bashing them. Cause I mean, it's only three games, you know, I thought just one, one little turning point here. I thought Larkin looks really, he looks ready to take the reins over. He looks ready to be a star, I think. And, you know, I know it's early, so I don't want to go too far over the top, but you can tell this kid put work in this off season. You really can tell. And then Mantha, He's pushing guys off him in Ottawa. Yesterday, he's getting the corner with, um, um, uh, who was it? I think it was John Klingberg, and he's battling for the pucks and winning battles in there. He looks really good. Peter Morazic, I I, I just want to add a little bit of a side note. Jimmy Howard has been awesome, right? The first two games, awesome. You know, the reason why he got the two points in Ottawa, pretty much. In Dallas, Peter Morazic gave up a goal that was, you know, it was brutal. Uh, Matias Yanmark. It was brutal. But other than that, I thought he played pretty good. I thought he played pretty good. And that's a good sign. You mean former Detroit Red Wing? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Matias Yanmark. We say that word. The former Detroit Red Wing draft pick that they traded for Eric Cole, who never, who played one game in a Red Wing uniform. But we won't go there. We're not going to bash Holland here. So, yeah, but just quick thoughts on that game, or the first three games. I thought they played well. Don't go over the top. Don't go under under and start bashing them, but I thought, you know, so far so good. Uh, the defense point. So, moving on to the next subject, we talked about Larkin, we talked about Mantha. Now we're going to talk about Martin Furk and uh, you know how his addition, <laughs> how his addition to this Red Wings team, you know, has is giving them a little bit of a weapon on the power play. So Tanner, I'm going to start with you because, you know, I know you like Ferk on the team and you like how he shoots a lot and everything like that. So what are your thoughts on Ferk? Oh, I love the guy. I love the guy that he's just uh, not afraid to rip it. I liken him to the right-handed version of uh, Fulton from Mighty Ducks. He's got the hardest <laughs> slap shot I've ever seen. We never know where it's going to go, right? Um, Get out of the way. It's coming for you. As some teammates have said that he probably has the hardest shot in all the NHL and, and 
it would not shock me um, if that's the case. I just one thing that Detroit has lacked for probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, probably since Brett Hull is having a lethal right-handed shot on that. Yeah, team. you might be um, right on that. They 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 haven't had one, and then I'm not saying that. You know, those are big shoes for Ferk to step in. Obviously, I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Brett Hull or anything. I'm just some sort of a lethal right-handed shot that you can be able to pass over on the power play. And, and even, you know, and he seems to be very chippy, even in five-on-five play in the zones, chasing after pucks, throwing his weight around, or what love weight it. he does have anyway. And I just love it. He's playing with a lot of excitement. I hope he can uh, stay healthy and continue to produce. One thing I will say, Tanner, is you talk about some of the hardest shots in the NHL. How about that shot from Tyler Sagan last night that nipped Peter Mrazek? Uh, speaking of right-handed shots, I'd like that to was an absolute. That was a rip. That might go down as one of the best goals of the year. That was an absolute snipe. Um, he, they, there, yeah. Again, you mentioned Mrazek not playing totally bad, except for that flu goal. There was nothing that he could do on either of those two goals that went in. Nobody, nobody would have been able to save those. So Mrazek is like Jonathan Erickson. In, in three games played, he has two goals and assists. So three points in three games. Uh, with seven shots and his shot percentage is 28.6% with 12 minutes on ice. He'll be one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of minutes on ice, <laughs> just like they do with well, a lot of new guys. But, right, right. Where he'll produce on ice, but they'll refuse to play him. Anymore. At least they play him on the power play. Uh, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, no. That's literally why just he's separate. in the team, pretty much. Just separate him from Mike Green. Uh, that, that's all that's I ask. his go-to right now, though. Like that's like his safety net. I saw an interview before the Ottawa game. Um, Mike Green said that he's kind of taken Ferk under his wing because I don't know how they got like a sign like being like big brother, little brother type of deal. But Mike Green, like Ferk came up to him and was like asking him how he can like just work on his shot. And Green's like, if you're by me, I will pass you the puck each time. So it's kind of just like a, his safety blanket right now. Because he's like, he is the new guy, so he doesn't really know everyone. So, I mean, for right now, it's a safety blanket. But I do agree, you gotta split him up so he can find more chemistry. Because I think everyone knows, just give Ferk the puck and he'll rip it, and I'm sure he'll score half yeah, the time. I, I do agree with that. I do think though, on the power play, you want to have on the left on the left D pair. You, you know, obviously they do wingers or, or a winger or center on one side, and then they do the the classic defenseman on the other side. I think that you know you got to put Ferk or Green on one side, and then you got to put you know a left-handed shot on the other side because you know then then you open up the one-timers for both sides, um, and then you're not just shading one side. But Tess, I want to get your thoughts about Martin Furk. Um, I think it's awesome that he's going to be the answer to a trivia question for years to come, as he's the first NHL player to have no vowels in his last name. Fun fact <laughs> I learned on, in the Ottawa game. <laughs> um, no, I think he just every time like the cameras on him, like during the game or interviews, he just looks so happy to be here, and you can tell he's taking, he's soaking in each moment and making the most of it, and he wants to be his best. <clears throat> And I mean, he's been awesome, I think, so far through three games. So if like if he just keeps improving, then I think we have a lot to be excited for. 
And especially if he's going to be playing with um, Larkin and Mantha, I love that FML line. Well, it's, it's fun to say, but like Larkin and Mantha. Is. you got to make t-shirts. <laughs> no <laughs> joke. Um, but Larkin and Mantha are the future of our team. And I kind of hope that Ferk finds his spot and like those three can be like the next generation to kind of just lead his team back to greatness, what we grew up with. So I'm... Hopeful, optimistic that Ferk will do well. Just please don't let me be wrong, Ferk. I'm counting on you. <laughs> yeah, I, I happen to agree with you. I, I love the addition of Ferk. I, I think they need to shoot the puck a lot more. And, you know, he he's he's done that uh, perfectly. You know, he's come in. And, and let me just say another thing. You know, they talk about, like, you know, his ability to get the puck off quick and everything like that. I think he's done a pretty good job about that. You know, he's he's gotten his opportunities. Now, that's going to change as, you know, teams start to see that this guy likes to shoot the puck, so let's get on him quick. You know, let's poke him quick. Um, you know, because he does like to wind up and take the slap shot. He's going to have to learn to take the, slap, the snap shot. He's going to have to learn to take a nice wrist shot. And I think he's going to be a weapon for years to come. You know, if he does learn how to start getting those shots off quick, and uh, you know, start learning to get the snap shot and the wrist shot and in, uh, in, into his game. It's just funny a guy like this who started up with the team last year and was waved and waved, waved. by Carolina, yeah. <laughs> and then played with Carolina for a few weeks. Then they waved him. He ends up back up on Grand Rapids, and you know, the cycle almost they starts. They their cup with him, and he's a big part I'm sure, of that I'm too. Sure, yeah. So, and I'm sure he's learned some things in that whole process. You know, of in a year, but yeah, I'm excited to. For sure. So I just want to say one other thing, and, and this isn't about FERC per se, but it's, it is about the lines, and I do think that this needs to change. Can someone please answer me what Tatar and Nyquist are doing together on the same line? They're the same players. They're the same players. What are they doing on the same line together? Someone. I, I want an explanation. I don't understand. Zetterberg should be four. Should be playing with Nyquist and Mantha. I know Larkin Mantha works, but or, or even throw Abdicator on there. I don't want to see those two small guys with Zetterberg in the middle. They're yeah, trying I to agree. make Euro Twins 2.0 happen, but it's not going to happen. Oh, That's I, gonna make sense. I almost guarantee you this will be probably the best answer that you'll get out of it. I guarantee you Blashill is either asking or Zetterberg is telling him who he wants to play with. Yeah, well, that's not the way a coach is I, things. I, I understand that. Um, I guarantee you Zetterberg is saying I enjoy playing with Tatar and Nyquist because they can, you know, do this or do that. That That is my only, probably the only explanation I can give you why that is happening. Do I agree with I mean, it? No, not, not at all. But Don't get me wrong. They haven't played horribly together. You know, they're, 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 they're good. You know, it's not hour. a bad line. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've had some great opportunities. I'm not, I'm not taking that, that away from them. I'm just saying, from an eyeball perspective, like <laughs> you should have a big winger with the small winger, and then Zetterberg, and then you should do the same thing on the second line: a big, a big center, a winger, and then a, a, a small forward. Because you, can't, what's the point of having two water bugs out there? Are you saying this Maybe. if Dubnik doesn't make that Dominic Kosick like save on? The home opener yes, I am. Or, yes, okay. I am. Because it, because it's just an eyeball thing. It, it's it, it's a hockey thing. You know, I've coached young kids hockey. I've refed young kids hockey, and just like an eyeball perspective, what do you have the two small kids playing together for? If you can have a, a big guy, you know, you know, with the small guy, and then the center, and then you can have another big guy 
and the small guy, and then the center. I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Maybe my logic is wrong. I, I have no idea. But I'm just saying it looks, as an eyeball perspective, it looks like they could mix the lines up a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. I suggest you write to your local congressman, and they should fix your issue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on. Uh, so there's been a lot of penalties in the NHL. Um, Ridiculous. Penalties, I believe, are up 96% from what they were last year, which is an astronomical amount. Um, the Red Wings have taken a lot of penalties as well. I'm not exactly sure where they rank in the National Hockey League right now. Um, but Oop, Greg's getting it for perspective us. Perspective and watching the games. Just, just from an eyeball perspective and everybody watching the games, you know, you know that there's been the penalties are up and, you know, there's been a lot of penalties. So I just want to get your thoughts, Tess, on the penalties. And, you know, what do you think needs to change? Do you think they need to ease up on anything or anything like that? Well, first and foremost, the fact that our first penalty of the season was a benchmark because we have yet to learn how to count to oh, five really grinds my gears. Counting to five is not that hard. You learn it before you go to preschool. So I think we need to go back to basics and teach them how to count to five. I will gladly teach that course. I'm teaching my monkey child right now. Um, that's my like pet peeve. Count to five. It's really not that hard. Um, it's annoying to see so many penalties up. Like they're so freaking nitpicky. Like, ah, let them play. Garbage. Like, because they're going to be calling all these like penalties for the first month, but then come playoff time, the rule book gets thrown out. You can go bash each other's heads in. Just don't draw any blood. Don't murder each other. Like, I don't get it. Like, why are they so uptight in October, but by April, it's a free-for-all? Like, no. Like, I like the free-for-all. I'm like, make that all season. That's what hockey is about. Like, the call on Nick Jensen last night, I think it was a holding call, and he he wasn't even holding the Dallas guy. I don't even know what player it was. He was holding, but I'm like, I saw it. I had to rewind it. I'm like, was that really a call? Like, did he just look at the referee funny? And the referee was like, I don't like you. Like, I'm so sick of these weak-ass calls. The face-off rules are pissing me off. Oh, and then how how there wasn't. They need to just drop the puck. That is absolutely asinine. How there wasn't a double minor on uh, that Dallas guy at the end of last night when they pulled the goalie and Abdulkader came into the zone and got high-sticked. They didn't call that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was garbage, too. Don't know if it contributes directly to the penalties, but I think I remember our last episode or two ago, we talked about a bunch of the rule changes that the NHL was making. And they were were making them to stuff that we didn't understand. Like, like it was kind of a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like stop trying to change it just to change it. Like, you know, if it's working, it's working fine. Um, Some of those rules I'm not, I'm not really understanding again, whether that contributes to more penalties um, you know, I'm not sure it's so, some of these calls early on have not been good. Um, no, that's just, and, and for the most part, NHL refs have been in comparison, at least to, to the other sports, uh, personally watching most of the NHL refs do a pretty good job for, for as tough of a game it is. They do, they do a pretty good job. So, um, we'll see though, to, to test this point, I hope it's not a, this continues for the next two months and then they start to backtrack in February where, um, they're missing blatant stuff. So, um, yeah, so I found the stat, um, it looks like the St. Louis blues are in first place with 19 penalties this season. Damn. Um, but the Red Wings are in a one, two, three, four, five way tie for, for eighth place. <laughs> Okay. 
Dallas, Colorado, and Montreal each have 14 penalties on the season. Oh, those penalties would go up tonight for Colorado because they're playing Boston. And I think there was their worst penalized game against Ottawa. I thought I believe that was the game. I heard. It, it was either or, it was or they were on the power play lot. I couldn't remember, but I think I think it was that was their more penalized game of the first three games. So. Also a fun fact, I'm watching the Caps and Pens game and they were talking to Bob McKenzie during the last intermission and they were talking about the penalties because it's an obvious thing that it's gone up. And he said of all the penalties being called, slashing has been the most common. I don't know what the exact percentage is of what the slashing penalties are, but he said, yeah, it's out of all of them, it's slashing. You basically can't even look at the guy next to you or like even threaten your stick by them. You're going to get called. It's annoying. Like, just let them play. It's such a fast game. So it's just, well, let them play. Here, here's one thing I will say about the, the new penalties and, and just the fact that where, where the game is going. The game is too fast. The game is too fast. It's played at way too high of a speed. And, and you know, we as fans love it. And, you know, the players, I'm sure, love it too. But it, in reality, when you put it into perspective, the game is played way too fast. And that's not always a bad thing, but injuries are going to start happening um, probably at a higher pace because the game is played at such a high pace. You know, I, I don't know what the miles an hour are, but these guys are humming out there. Even the guys that you don't think are that fast, they're flying out there. And the game is way, way, way too fast. It's turned up. It's almost like a track meet now. Um, and so what you have now is, um, you know, the NHL, there's not a lot happening in some of these games last year so now you move on to this year you know the goals were down a little bit last year and people were talking about that and making the nets bigger and everything how can we get more goal scoring more perfect way to do it in their eyes than to start calling a million penalties and try to start eliminating slashing because if you watch olympic hockey there isn't slashing or there is slashing, but there's a million penalties because anytime you take your stick and you put it parallel to their stick, if it's up on the shaft a little bit, it's a penalty. It's cut and dry. It's a penalty. They call slashing all the time in Olympic hockey and international hockey. So the NHL is trying to do that because, um, you know, what happened last year, they're, they're kind of being a little bit reactive to what happened last year uh, with Johnny Gaudreau and um, I believe it was Mark Mathot that Sidney Crosby slashed and got away with. So they're trying to avoid those kind of things, which I personally, I don't mind them doing that, but don't start calling every little tap on the hands. That's what drives me insane. They need to ease up on that. And let me just tell you one other thing. They're not going to. They're trying to get rid of slashing. Like they were after the lockout, like they tried to get rid of holding and hooking. So that's not going anywhere where I have the biggest issue with, and I'll make this really, really short. Drop the fucking puck, please just drop the puck. Stop worrying about where the guy's skates are. Stop worrying about where the guy's sticks is. As long as the away team gets their stick down first uh, or, or the way it goes, um, just drop the puck. Let the boys be boys. Let them drop the puck. Let them fight for it with their stick. Like the hockey was meant to be played. Stop chasing guys. Stop with this stupid penalty. Uh, uh, you know, the, the bench minor or whatever it is. If the second guy gets kicked out, it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Greg, do you have any thoughts on the penalties? Yeah. Uh, so it looks like uh, Ottawa was the most penalized game. Um, so we had seven penalties in that game, oh, yeah. uh, four of which were for slashing. 
Oh, nice. Oh, um, wow. So yeah, slashing slashing is a big problem. It was Sidney Crosby that hacked off uh, Mark Mathot's finger. Yes, they're the trying finger. to do, but it's it's a little bit overboard. Um, I assume the and the coaches are going to to try and calm them down a bit because being up ninety six percent is a little bit ridiculous. Maybe try not to enforce it so quick. And maybe you shouldn't have delayed the goalie pad size change and gear size change another year uh, because that would increase scoring too. So. Yeah, well, here's here's my idea. You want to increase scoring. As much as I don't like this idea and I didn't like this idea before, if you're going to start calling penalties like that because you want goal scoring, just make the fucking nets bigger. Please, just make the nets bigger. Just give me the nets. I won't like it. I'll bitch about it, but I won't bitch about it like I do about this stupid rule changes and these stupid asinine penalties because not only are they calling slashing more, they're just calling everything more in general because goal scoring was down last year. And um, I don't know, but I'm sure their ratings were down a little bit too. And that has a lot to do with it. But I saw the, the stat earlier. It, yeah, so penalties are up 9.6%. But it was like last year, by this point, it was 3.6 goals per game. And this year, by this point, it's 3.2 goals per game. So goal scoring is so not, not going up. No. So if you want goal scoring to go up, decrease the goalie, put in the effect for goalie equipment size change. Make the nets a little, goalie equipment smaller, nets a little bigger, you'll get more goals. I doubt, I doubt the NHLPA will approve the pad size change, but. I think they just need to make the nets bigger. You know what? I personally, I'm a, I'm a lifer. I'll, I'll watch the game. It doesn't matter who it is. Just give me the game. I'll watch it. It doesn't matter what's going on. Give me the nets bigger. If that, if that's what the case is and you want more goal scoring, fine, have it your way, but you can't have it both ways. You can't have it with all the penalties. And now you're going to add the nets. You can't have it both ways. You do one or you do the other. Yeah. And I think so. pen, penalizing people for the sake of penalizing people is not a good idea. Um, yeah, it's asinine. It's just going to piss off the fan base even more. If you change something like make the nets two inches wider on each size and decrease, they've already approved the goalie size, equipment size decrease. They just delayed it until the uh, makers could make all the new stuff. Ah, gotcha. So you might be able to piss off people for two seconds with that, but you're going to piss off people for an entire season with all these penalties. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. They, they, they talk yeah, about the, the improved pace of the game and they improve about, they talk about, you know, making the game shorter. Well, yeah. The first, the home opener, it was what barely two minutes into the season they had, they were reviewing the call on the ice and it was oh a challenge. God. And then you reviewed the play and then allowed them to challenge, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. asinine. Once that it's reviewed so and it's stuff. once it's reviewed and everything's all set, you should not go back and challenge it. You should not be able yeah, to no. go back and challenge it. They need to stop I, that ASAP. I was under the awesome. impression that you couldn't review yeah, I challenge so or challenge well, or review. Bruce Frodo proved us all wrong, and then I loved his comments going in the second period. He said, I'd look at the video, you know, the calls in the ice were right, and I'm like, then why the hell did you waste your challenge? You're an idiot. He didn't. It worked I don't think he favorite. saw it or, or somebody gave him some wrong information. You know what I think they need to do? They need to put the same thing in for the for, that they have at the offsides. If you challenge it and you get it wrong, you get a two-minute minor. Do that, and you won't see any coaches moving their fucking mouth unless they're 100% sure or it's at the end of the game and they have to have that goal. Um, you won't see anybody challenging anymore. That's how you get rid of it. 
Boom. We're going to move on to the next subject here. Uh, we're going to preview the Arizona Coyotes. That's where the, the Red Wings are going. They're going to the desert. And um, they're also going to see Vegas as well. Um, but we're just going to talk about this this Arizona game real quick. The Coyotes and, you know, the Red Wings are 2-1 and one going into this game with four points. The Coyotes... They're 0 and 0 2 and 1, so they haven't won a game. They did get a point um, in a loss. I believe that was the last game. Or, what game was that? I, I actually don't see that. No, Vegas was yesterday. Yeah, so, they, they lost so yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday it was Vegas, but they do have a point. So, you know, the Coyotes have not looked good as of late. Um, personally, my thoughts on this Coyotes team, they're probably going to come out really hungry because they just got their asses kicked by Vegas, who is not a very good hockey team. I'm sorry. I hate to say it. They're not a very good team. They're, they're, you know, they're playing on energy and, you know, it's a good story and everything, but they're not a very good team. They'll probably no, no, not they're, make the they're, they're playing on James Neal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. Real deal, James Neal. Get it right. Oh, there, there was a million <laughs> things um, about that last night, but uh, Tess, I want to get your thoughts on on the game against Arizona here because I think it's a sneaky big game for the wing. Uh, the Red oh wing. well, funny. I have an aunt, uncle who are, are big hockey fans that are in Arizona, and they've been season ticket holders for like the last twenty five years. So it's always a uh, friendly family banter whenever Detroit goes to Arizona. So I'll be getting pictures and updates of the game. Um, much how I felt about the game last night in Dallas, I had the same feeling. You know, Arizona, they are desperate to win because they kind of got an ass spanking last night in Mm -hmm. Vegas. But I feel like they felt that that was coming just because of all the energy that was going into the Vegas opener, given what has happened the last week and stuff. Rightfully so. So, but like tomorrow, you know, Arizona, you know, they know Detroit and them like have a history because half that fan base become Detroit fans. So it's not, they feel like a visitor on their home ice, which pisses them off, A, and they haven't won yet, so they have a lot going for them. So I hope the Red Wings realize that because they're facing basically they went into Dallas last night. So I hope we come out hungry. I, are they starting Howard tomorrow? Did they? I hope it's Howard because if Howard's not, I have a little bit of faith that it could be a really good game. It can come down to one goal or maybe a shootout if Mrazek decides to play. Don't know no, why that would get, happen, but they'll give Mrazek another start within the next three games. You watch. He'll oh, either get, you know, they got back to back, so it's either going to be the He'll Vegas get, game or, or the Arizona game. He'll get tomorrow Vegas, uh, which whatever. I bet. I bet it. Uh, what what day is Vegas? Friday, Friday. I believe. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Friday at ten thirty. Yeah. So he'll get the Vegas game. I wanted I that just, to be a bigger game for Howard, just because being in the new arena and, and as rowdy as that team is right now. But it'll be it'll be Mrazek Friday. You watch. I just want us to be in our A game. I mean, back-to-backs are hard, especially on the West Coast. Of course, so yeah, always. I, if we could honestly walk away with even two points for tomorrow and Friday, I'll be happy. You know? Obviously, I would like two points each. The Wings should be four of, and one by the time they come back home. Well, you say that. You just jinx them, Tyler. Thanks. I'm, I'm just saying. Chris Osgood said the same thing last night, so hopefully he didn't jinx them. But they should be. They should be 4-1. and one. They should be not too easy games because they're never easy games, but they should be some winnable games coming up here. I mean, Red Wings have a good history in Arizona of, like, you know, having some exciting games, whether it come down in third period or overtime. So I'm hopeful we have that same energy tomorrow. But I just hope that they're ready for Arizona to come out being feisty and hungry because – I have that feeling. I just hope that we're prepared. Playing in Arizona always doubles as a home game for the Red Wings. As many Red Wings fans that go to Coyotes games, it almost (laughs) sounds like it's a home game for the Red Wings. So um, 
that'll, I think, help a little bit um, just going in there. And like you mentioned, Tess, they've had pretty good success over the Coyotes the last few years. But uh, now we'll see early back-to-back. We'll see uh, if they got the legs for it. Go ahead. We'll, we'll either have uh, we'll either have Cronwall on defense or uh, Luke Witkowski. So we'll see what happens. Looks oh, like yeah, it's going to be Kaiser has a lower body injury. I forgot he left what midway through what the second or third last night. Yeah. The lower body day to day. They said he's what questionable for tomorrow. I don't think they're going to play him on the back to back. They'll wait till they get home again to play him. Cronwall? So, no. No, DeKaiser. Because they said he was. Oh, DeKaiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, my DeKaiser thoughts. Had, he has been ruled out. DeKaiser's been ruled out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Earlier, I thought it was questionable. I just want to okay. throw something out there real quick about this Vegas, this uh, Arizona game and this Vegas game. I said they're winnable games, but that doesn't mean you go out there and you don't work your ass off because Vegas is going to be really tough at home and Arizona hasn't won a game yet. So, you know, you need, you're yeah. going to need to bring your a game, but they are winnable games. You probably have more skill than Vegas or than Arizona. You probably have a little bit more skill than Vegas. So, you know, you need to go out there and, and you know, th- there needs to be some good road efforts in both of those games. But like I said, you need to get solid goaltending either way, whether it be Mrazek or Howard. It really shouldn't well, also, matter too, too much. I just look at the schedule. Vegas doesn't play again until Friday, so they have all these days of rest, and we're going to be coming off a of back-to-back. So back-to-back, Friday, of course. I'm a little nerve. Which might be, which might be okay. They may be coming off the high and it, uh, of last night's game, and it may be – Maybe a little. So yeah, I'm curious. It's it's going to be curious break. on both ends because yeah. Vegas has been on their you know their three and zero, yeah. And you know we have back to back, so it will be an interesting game. I hope it's a really good game. Like both teams are going to be you know Vegas will be well rested and we're going to be tired. So I hope but first things first, we got to get through the desert in Phoenix first. So yeah. Well, uh, speaking of speaking of the uh, the coyotes anti ranta has not been very good at all for the coyotes and he's supposed to be their starting goaltender um they got a little bit of a tandem between louis deming and him but he has not been very good so my guess is deming will start against the red wings and uh deming's a pretty good goalie so uh, the red wings are gonna have to be ready uh obviously but you know i think like i said these are kind of winnable games but like I said, it, the the effort needs to be there. You know, their last night wasn't very good, so they need to be able to. We'll see how resilient they are as well, because last night was not very good at all. You know, the, they got off to a rough start, and you know they they fought their way back a little bit, and then they gave it right back, and then that's game over basically. I guess my my closing thoughts are just basically the loss against Dallas, they don't bring that into Arizona because if they do, they're going to get their asses kicked. Dallas was faster. Dallas was stronger. And, you know, if they go down to the desert and they think they're that a little bit of a half effort against the Coyotes is going to get it done, uh-uh, it's not. They got Derek Stepan. They got Anthony Duclair. They got Max Domi. They got Clayton Keller from Boston University. Um, you know, they have Ekman Larson and Jalmerson on defense. They, they have a decent squad, but they're beatable. Um, I think that's where we're going to wrap it up, guys. Um, everybody, can, can you shout out your Twitter handles? Tess, can you please shout out yours? It is TM Dudley XO. Tanner, can you shout out yours, please? Mine's at the other T Swift, and closing thoughts is please come home, Steve Eiserman. <laughs> I have interesting thoughts about that, but we'll tease that for another podcast. Um, 
You can follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Seeley. You can also follow me on Instagram if you'd like. You'd like to see my pictures, Tyler Seeley underscore. You can follow the Winged Octopus on Twitter and Instagram at Winged Octopus. You can also like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Snapchat as well. Um, that's Winged Octopus as well. Um, you, you'll be able to take that over during the season. So, you know, we haven't got that quite up and running, but once we do, you know, you'll be able to to take it over and everything like that. Um, Greg, thank you for producing. If you want to throw out your Twitter handle, go ahead, please. Oh yeah, you can always follow me at uh, at bringing the wing. We're gonna give up, uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, Howie's Hockey Tape. So we want you to go, you guys, to check out Howie's Hockey Tape, a Michigan product from Grand Rapids that now sells to each NHL team, including our favorite, the Detroit Red Wings. Howie's also sells to the NCAA, the American Hockey League, which is the AHL, and the OHL. Anything you need for the locker room, Howie's Hockey Tape has. Give them a follow on Instagram, at Howie's Hockey Tape. You can also follow them on Twitter, at Hockey Tape. You can check out their website, Howie'sHockeyTape.com, or .ca for our Canadian folks out there. Another reason why you need to check out Howie's is that you can use our promo code wing to O and you'll get 10% off show some love for a Michigan company and check out Howie's hockey tape today. Okay, everyone. Thank you for joining us guys. Thanks for, for, for doing a great job tonight and uh, stay classy. Down. That's a wrap on this episode of winged octopus. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, as well as like us on Facebook. You can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. We thank you for tuning in and hope everyone had a great night. Stay classy, Hockey Town. Yes,